Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Summer is upon us and as kids are beginning to get out of school, now is a great time to involve them in the decluttering process. I thought now would be a great time to replay one of my all-time favorite podcast episodes with my guest, Jenna Arvidsen. In today's replay episode, Jenna shares new-to-me tips for where to begin, what to keep versus what to toss, setting boundaries with our kids, and how to keep toy clutter from returning. Also, I had the opportunity to speak with Jenna today, and she gave a little bit of an update about what the toy decluttering process looks like for her now that her kids are a little bit older. So stay tuned for that at the very end of the episode. And again, this episode was just too good to keep in the archives. So let's declutter some toys with Jenna Arvidsson. Jenna, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast today. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to talk about toy decluttering because so many moms have asked me to do an episode with this topic, and it's just, it's about time. It's a minimalist podcast, and so I'm excited to talk to you. (laughs) But before we get into all of that, can you just provide listeners with just a brief overview of who you are and what it is that you do? 
So I live in Colorado with my husband and we have three kids, ages eight, five, and four. Um, And I host a podcast also. It's called The Simple Home. And I just give practical tips to simplify managing a home and raising kids, very similar to your podcast as well, because I just feel like, I don't know, my dream, I guess, would be that we would change our mindset kind of as a society. And Mm -hmm. I think moms are kind of a place to start just from serving our stuff to serving just the people that are in our lives, our people, our most important people. And I just want moms to make space for themselves for what really matters to them without all the pressures, you know, and the clutter in our minds and mm-hmm. clutter in our houses. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the purpose behind behind my podcast. Um, and I'm also a photographer. So I get to take pictures of lots of wonderful families here in my area. And I also get to teach moms how to use their cameras to capture some of their in-between moments of motherhood. So yeah, that's great. I'm actually a photographer as well. So we're like two peas in a pod, <laughs> podcasters and oh, photographers. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. That's excellent. But as you said, you're a fellow podcaster and you are all about simplifying and living with, with less. So I don't need to ask you whether or not you're a minimalist. I can pretty much assume that you <laughs> probably are. But I'm curious to know what prompted your journey, so to speak, into minimalism. Sure. So I don't really have like most people I talk to have like one moment in their life where they're like, okay, I'm a minimalist now and I need to change what I do. But I don't really have that in ours because my husband and I have always um, kind of appreciated the idea of living in smaller spaces and being careful with our money and trying to be clutter free. But then we had our first kid Mm. (laughs) and we had like the best of intentions to keep that simple living mindset, you know, and keep everything real simple And so much stuff came with our kid. We lived in 350 square feet at the time. So we really felt the impact of all the toys and the clothes and the gadgets. And um, I am not like, it wasn't just other people giving that stuff. I went out and bought all the stuff. I went and found little toys for my infant who did not need toys, you Mm -hmm. know? So like we always appreciated this simple living idea, but somewhere it kind of, flocked when Mm -hmm. our first child and all that stuff came into our house. And then we had our second child and our third child. And I realized really quickly that we, if we didn't make a deliberate effort to keep that stuff at a minimum, that it was just going to keep coming. So we started kind of getting rid of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the more I got rid of, the less stress I felt as a mom and the easier it was for me to be present in my life and to stop picking up all the time and constantly saying to my kids, just a minute, you know, I got to pick this up or clean this up. So, you know, we kind of started out as people who were interested in minimalism, I guess. I don't know that we really use that term then, but Mm -hmm. we had our kids and it, it kind of shifted for us. And so we kind of got back into it once we realized how much stuff comes into our lives without us even thinking about it without even realizing that it's coming in. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where we, we got started just really decluttering and um, trying to get back to living the way we wanted to, even Mm -hmm. with our children in our lives. Um, And we also decided that we really wanted to be completely debt free. So that was a huge um, shift in helping us keep stuff from coming back in because we were being very careful with our spending and our budget at that point. And so having that goal helped us 
help our kids as well, teach them why we didn't spend money on stuff as much because we had these bigger goals and and stuff. So that's kind of like we've kind of gone all over the place mm-hmm. <laughs> to bring us back to being able to be minimalists or however you want to put it with children. No, that's great. And I think that we always start off with the best of intentions and then we don't realize how all of this stuff has accumulated into our homes. And I feel like I'm constantly paring down. You pare down and then it's like, oh, there was this holiday or this birthday and we need to pare down again. And so I do think it's a process, but it is interesting how you can go into a situation wanting to be as intentional or as minimal as possible. And then you still have things that you're wanting to pare down a little bit more. I yeah, can relate to exactly. that. Exactly. And I think we live in such a society where like you're just bombarded with advertisements and all this stuff that we can have and get. And it's just so easy that it really is like you have to make an effort. If this is something that you choose for your family or for yourself, you have to make an effort at it. And it's not just something where you're like, okay, I'm going to be a minimalist and have less stuff. But it really is like a whole mindset shift and life shift, I think, to keep it keep it that way. Absolutely. So let's talk about toy clutter. I just want to ask you a basic question of where do we start? (laughs) Where do we start to pare down all this toy clutter? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, toy clutter was a hard one for me because I would see, you know, all these great new toys that I thought my kid needed to have because that's, (laughs) that's what I was told, you know, and, and bring that all in. And This is one of the questions I also talk to moms the most about because we kind of feel like we have to give them everything that they desire. We love to see their little eyes light up, you know, when they get something new Um, and we don't want them to miss out like their friends have it. So we want them to have it and all Mm. of that. So um, one area I think to start is that you have to kind of know what your overall purpose is and why you want to do it so that you can explain things to your kids as you go, because that mom guilt is going to creep in and be like, well, you're not giving your kids everything you need, Mm -hmm. or you're getting rid of too many of their toys. So you really do have to kind of work on that piece of it. And you need to decide if you're going to allow your kids to be part of the process or if you're going to do it on your own. So Mm -hmm. I think that this largely depends on the age of your kids. If you have really tiny ones, you might just go ahead and go through their toys on your own. But if your kids are old enough to know what's going on, I always suggest involving them because first of all, they're going to learn so much if you do it together and it's just more respectful. (laughs) You know, I tell moms, if you were to come home one day and your husband had purged all your clothes in your closet Mm -hmm. that he decided he hadn't seen you wear for a while, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't feel great, (laughs) right? And it's, It's the same with our kids. Just because they're younger doesn't mean they don't have some of those same emotions and would be like, well, I do play with that. You just haven't seen me play with it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just respectful to involve them um, in the process if they're old enough. And then from there, I also suggest before you get rid of anything, spend a couple weeks watching your kids play because Mm -hmm. you're going to learn so much. And I did this before we really pared down. Like I've decluttered a lot of different times, but we sold our house recently and moved into a really tiny space as a, just a way to get towards the debt-free living that we wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I really pared down their toys, like to one drawer piece and I went through, but I really watched them play. And what I realized is a lot of the toys they didn't ever touch 
and they were more playing imaginatively Mm -hmm. and wanted more space in the room that they could play in. So when I saw that my kids wanted more space, I knew that a lot of the bigger toys, you know, they didn't really need. So if you watch your kids play, you're going to really start to see what kinds of toys that they are interested in, what they've outgrown. And you're going to start to see if maybe they really just want paper and paper towel rolls so that Mm. they can, you know, create stuff. Maybe they need a table in their room instead of all the toys. So if you make it a point to really watch what they're playing with, you're going to learn a lot about the kinds of toys Mm -hmm. um, and the amount of toys that you're going to want to keep. So I would say start there. And during that process, decide what kinds of toys you want to keep. So because ultimately it's our choice, Mm -hmm. what we bring into our kids' lives. And so I always suggest, you know, open-ended toys, toys that can be used in a variety of ways, toys that can be played with by multiple ages so that you can involve siblings and other kids, and then toys that are going to last a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that you're not revisiting this every year because the toys break. And things that I always tell parents you can let go of if you if you want to. I mean, this is totally parent by parent and family by family. But a lot of people keep like big toys, you know, the big castles and the the ride on toys and those things because they think that they need them. Mm-hmm. But the truth is those take up a lot of space and kids don't end up being engaged as long as we think. So you could take like the the people and furniture out of the dollhouse and keep those pieces mm-hmm. and get rid of the dollhouse and your kids are going to play just as long and you won't have this big big huge thing another thing that i suggest not holding on to are character toys like if your kids are interested in a movie character like my daughter she loves frozen mm-hmm. and if she could she'd have the big frozen dolls and the big castle but those things don't usually tend to last as long cuz mm-hmm. your kids change their interest um So you can buy like consumable things, coloring books, stickers, art supplies that have those characters in them. And that way they can use them while they're into them. And then they go away once they've consumed them or used them. So I would think about those things when you're first, you know, getting started. And the last thing I want to say, because this this is going to happen no matter how good you are, Mm -hmm. I think at least maybe I just (laughs) can't handle this part. But no matter how good you are about getting rid of toys and being purposeful about what comes in, your kids are going to find little trinkets that they want to keep and love them. And they're like junky little keychains and, mm-hmm. you know, all those little things that you don't want in your house, but they're going to want them. So mm-hmm. make them a shoebox or one bucket where they're allowed to keep those things. And as it, you know, overflows, that's when you can go through it. But I would plan that ahead of time. Like this is going to be your space Mm -hmm. (laughs) for all those little things that you love. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, you you can get rid of those. But that's kind of where I start is the pre-work of watching your kids, um, deciding what kinds of toys you think are best for your kids and going from there. Well, all of that is just such great advice. I really love the idea of watching your kids and seeing what they play with. As you know, you can kind of see what they're engaged with and what's not being used as much. I love that tip. That's great. You gave us a few things that we would want to keep, but what should we focus on tossing? And if we are involving them in the process, how do we go about doing that? Sure. Yeah. So I like to ask myself some questions. A couple of them are like, do I like this toy more than my kids do? (laughs) This Mm. is a big one for me because 
I've been known to hold on to toys because I'm dreaming that one day my kids are going to love them as much as I do, like wooden blocks Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's been several toys that I just want them to love and they never play with them. Mm -hmm. And so I have to ask myself that question and get rid of those toys that you're more invested in than they are. I ask myself things like, do they play with it often? Would I buy this again? That's a really good one to ask yourself Mm -hmm. if you're not sure what to get rid of. Does it encourage creative play? And then as far as kids go, if you're involving them, you can let them self-reflect on some of this and you need to be respectful of their answers. Mm -hmm. Because if you ask them a question like, how often do you really play with this? And your child says, I play with that every day, mommy. It's my favorite toy in the whole world. And you haven't seen them play with it for a couple of weeks. My suggestion is keep it out and notice, you know, if they're playing with it or not and revisit it a week or two from then and say, you know what? I noticed you really don't play with this. Should we donate it to somebody else so that you have room for a new toy Mm -hmm. and just revisit it with them? But do be cognizant that they're giving you their, their honest opinion as much as they can at their age, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so be respectful of it Mm -hmm. um, and ask them some of those questions. Another question I like to ask them is, could someone else benefit from this more than you? Like Mm -hmm. if you're only going to play with it once this whole month, is there another child maybe younger than you that would love to have it? And maybe, you know, it helps them sometimes when they know um, that it's going to somebody else Mm -hmm. and not just to, you know, a garage sale or whatever. Something that I every once in a while do, and this is um, possibly something that some listeners might frown upon. But one thing that I have done in the past is offered my kids, I might buy the toys from them. So, you know, if there's some toys they're really having a hard time parting with, Mm -hmm. and I know that they're not going to play with this toy, another child would benefit more. I might say, you know what, I would buy that toy from you for $2 so that you can put it in your savings for something else. Mm -hmm. And we can give this toy to some, you know, to somebody else. So, those are some things you can do as far as getting rid of toys, especially toys that are that are harder for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going through those questions. Now, you might also want to try like some experimental decluttering is what I call it, where you box up some toys and maybe put them in the basement or another area out of sight. And if it hasn't been played with for a couple months, mm-hmm. then just go ahead and get rid of it, you know, because your kids aren't aren't even thinking about it. They haven't mentioned it. You're probably safe to just get rid of it. Um, And then as far as some of the toys, I know that a lot of parents ask me about puzzles. Mm -hmm. They ask me about games. And what I like to say, so games are a huge part of our family. We play games all the time. Mm -hmm. So we keep quite a few games, but we trade them out on a regular basis. And same with puzzles, you know, keep one to two puzzles And find a friend that you can constantly trade with Mm -hmm. or donate them to the thrift store and then go inside and buy one or two more, Mm -hmm. something like that, so that they're being traded out often. Mm. Um, Yeah, so those are just some suggestions. I know that sometimes it can be really hard. One of the things we need to remember about kids is that they have this amazing ability to put personalities and give like souls to their toys, their stuffed mm-hmm. animals and their little people figures. They really think of these as like live humans, mm-hmm. like friends to them. So it's harder for them to get rid of things sometimes. So we just have to be, um, you know, respectful of that and help them. It's often easier for them if they're giving it away to somebody they know or if they are donating it to a good cause mm-hmm. or something like that. So 
you can do some of those things as well. I hope I answered your question. Oh my goodness. I'm like, yes, you okay. absolutely did. No, you absolutely did. This is just more great advice. I really like the idea of trading with friends. A lot of the games that we will play, we get we get them from the library. Uh, I don't know if your library does that, but our libraries allow yes. you to check up check out games and that's been really beneficial but i do like the friend swapping that's super helpful and um what you said one other thing that was really oh i can't think of what you just said at the end oh the souls like toys having souls and personalities that is typically the hardest thing for me to part with are my kids stuffed animals i don't know why maybe i've seen toy story too many times but i'm (laughs) always like i'm sorry but it's we have to get rid of you but i know (laughs) i can relate to that so yeah, it's so hard. And I do the same thing. My husband is like, he doesn't care about stuffed animals at all, you know? So mm-hmm. in the beginning, I was like, you're so harsh on them to only allow them this many stuffed animals, you know? And then as we went through this process, I was thinking, you know what? They don't need 50 stuffed animals that they love. Mm-hmm. They need to really care about and love on one or two or three stuffed animals that they really care about. And that's okay to teach them. Like, yeah, you love all of these, but you can't really love them all. You mm-hmm. have your favorites and mm-hmm. that's okay. Let's let go of some of the others so those can be favorites for somebody else, you yeah. know? And it's hard, I think, for us to to do that because we feel like we're like ripping out a part of our kid's heart. But at the same time, the lesson in that is so good because when they grow up, we don't want them to have to have, you know, 50 of every item mm-hmm. in their house. Mm-hmm. We want to teach them that it's okay to love and care for smaller amounts of things mm-hmm. so that you have more love to go around, you know? So Absolutely. It's hard. <laughs> no, that's that's a great boundary. And I was going to ask you about other boundaries that you set in regards to toys. Do you have other, I guess, not rules, but boundaries that you set? Yeah. So we have... um you know, we have some of those Ikea shelves that have the little baskets in them. Mm -hmm. And at first I opted for three of the taller baskets so they could put stuff in them. And then I realized stuff in bigger baskets just gets kind of lost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then we went to, I think it's six, because I think there were like two small ones per thing, like six smaller, they're like four inches deep. They're not very deep at all. Mm -hmm. And we have two shelves of those. So that's 12 buckets. And, um, those are kind of like community toys. We have three kids and, you know, we kept, I think just four different things. So we have Legos in there. We have magnetiles, we have play food, and we have the train set that my littlest one loves. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really all we kept. And we did this together. Like, which ones do you think you guys all can play with that you love to play with together? And those are the things that they were playing with. So that worked out really, really well. So we set the boundary that we were only going to have toys in that, in those, and those are the toys that fit. And those are the ones they decided to keep. So when you're thinking about boundaries, I think you need to look at your space and decide what's going to work both for you and for your kids Mm -hmm. and look around your house and decide like, where are the active areas in your house and where do you want to keep the toys? Do you want them like in their bedrooms? Do you want them in a playroom? Do you want them under your TV? And decide how much space you actually have before you say, okay, we're going to allow this many toys. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one way that we do it. We also then have one of those shelves where they get to put their art projects, their little trinkets. Um, They get to have three stuffed animals in their bed. That's kind of what we've set as a boundary. And so my little girl has two other stuffed animals that she hasn't wanted to part with. So she keeps those in one of her drawers. Mm -hmm. Um, so they each have their own little, it's almost like giving them a locker or something, you know, mm-hmm. those are the ones like 
you can't touch this. <laughs> These are mine because all three of our kids share a room. So mm-hmm. we wanted to give them their own independent space where their brother and sisters can't mess with their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll put like their Lego creations that they don't want broken in there. So we also have that boundary for them. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else, you know, the rest of our house, we kind of are always telling our kids it's like family space. Everywhere's kind of family space. So we need to be respectful of everywhere that everybody is. And Mm -hmm. I also like to tell them if you dumped out all your toys, you know, would you be able to pick it back up in 15 minutes or would this be totally frustrating to you Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it would take you forever. And so sometimes that's a good boundary to remind them that whatever they get out, they're going to have to pick up. Mm -hmm. And the less they have, the more playtime they're going to have. So sometimes, you know, those boundaries work. And if it's, if it's hard for your kids, I'm a really big fan of making sure that we are the example first, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because if we're telling them they have to get rid of their prized possessions, you know, their toys, and we haven't done that already ourselves, it's not really fair to have our kids do that. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Leading by example is huge. I always say that in regards to when people ask me about their spouses being on board, I always say, maybe start with your own stuff and then your spouse will follow along and they'll, you can just lead by example. I feel like that's very helpful. Absolutely. I think definitely kids buy into that for sure. Mm -hmm. So do you have any other suggestions on how to keep toy clutter from coming back? (laughs) Sure. So I have a couple, this is a hard one and this was really hard for me at first, but I think, um, you know, one is to always revisit at like holidays and birthdays, making Mm -hmm. sure that, you know, more stuff's coming in. So help your kids beforehand to get rid of some of their old stuff, whether it's donating it or whatever that might be. Make that kind of a a family ritual that you just do before holidays. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is talk to your friends and family about your desire to have fewer physical things in your house because they don't know this unless you really explain it to them. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a lot of time. (laughs) So you know, talk to them about fewer things and ask for things like experience gifts or consumable gifts. I'm a big one on art supplies or Play-Doh, you know, things that that end up going away after Mm -hmm. they've used it are always great or things that they can go do together. Mm -hmm. And then another one is to stop bringing home free things like water bottles you get at festivals or little trinkets from the dentist's office. Like, Help your kids learn to just say no to those things before they end up in your house. Because once they're in your house, your kids love them forever. Mm -hmm. Before they get there, they're going to forget about them before they even got home. So Mm -hmm. try to say no more often (laughs) to those things. Yeah, on the front end as opposed to the back end, it's much easier to say it up front before you have to have that dialogue of why we can't do that at the dentist's office. So no, those are all right. Yeah, those are all really great tips. And I just wish that I could take this episode somehow and like wrap it up in a little box and like hand it to so many of my friends just because there was just so much in here that is just going to be so beneficial to people. So I appreciate it. Um, Well, where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online? So I, um, again, I have the podcast, the Simple Home Podcast. So you can find that anywhere. There's podcasts, iTunes or um, Google Play and so on. I also have a website called athomewithkids.com, which my podcast episodes will be there, as well as any other free resources and stuff. And um, lastly, I hang out a lot on Instagram. So that's where I kind of get to know people. So you're welcome to follow me there. I am at Jenna Arvidson on Instagram and DM me and say hi. Let me know you 
heard this podcast so we can chat more about toys there. So great. Well, as we wrap things up, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA, what is your minimalist moment of the week? So right now I'm really working on simplifying our budget and our finances. So just kind of looking at each area to see if there's anywhere we can cut or eliminate costs, like monthly costs that we've forgotten about, or just streamline our spending a bit, um, just to make that easier. And I don't know, it's always good to to relook at things that you just get used to. So yeah, that's definitely important. I think that can get out of control at times too, and then you just have to rein it back in. So that's a great yeah. thing to simplify. Um, and then lastly, last question for you is, what is something that you can't stop talking about? So you kind of touched on this earlier, which is interesting to me. Um, utilizing your local library is what I'm just constantly telling moms to do. Like the games you said, I mean, there's just so much available. There's online courses, there's audiobooks you can be listening to. There's so much more than just the library itself. There's moms groups and all kinds of stuff at lots of different libraries. So I just think utilizing all those free resources, keep some of that stuff out of your house, going there to play, all those kinds of things. Um, just simplifies our life so much. So just utilizing that resource if you have it. Yes. I know here in Columbus, we have such a great library system and we are at the library probably two or three times a week, I would say. That's a great resource to offer to people. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. I was I was like, did you? I lose you? Great. Well, thank you again, Jenna, so much for coming on the podcast today. I will be sure to include everything that you mentioned in the show notes for listeners and send them your way if they have any more questions about toy decluttering. But this was great, and I really appreciate your wisdom in this area. Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a fun time chatting with you. So thank you. So one of the things that I would add now that my kids are getting a little bit bigger, is that we always have to remember, you know, as kids grow, they evolve and their personalities change, and we have to allow that to happen. What I mean by this is sometimes um, I realize that I almost hold my kids back from becoming who who they're becoming and hold on to who they were before. My kids are getting really good at decluttering on their own now that they're a little bit older And sometimes I'm the one that stands in their way a little bit. They start putting toys out or um, getting things, you know, out of their space that they no longer want. And I look at it and I'm, I want them to keep it. I ask them all these questions like, are you sure you're not going to want this and, and stuff. And so um, sometimes I'm more the problem for them at this point. And I think that's just me as a mom kind of holding on to who they were. You know, if they don't love their Legos anymore, it worries me a little bit. Or if they're getting rid of books that I used to read to them over and over and over again. So um, that's one of the things that I have to remember and that I think as as parents, as we are helping our kids learn to declutter, we've got to allow them to make those choices. And of course, you know, if there's things that you think that they may appreciate when they're older, you know, one or two things here or there, then go ahead and keep those. But otherwise, allow that, allow it to go, you know, let it go, pass it on to a new family who's going to love it and enjoy it as well. So that's one of the biggest things has come to my mind as, as just my children's grow and I grow. It's just, we have to allow these things to take place.
and it can be a challenge. Um, but the other thing that we can look at it as is that we're excited that they're growing and that they're capable of making some of these decisions themselves. And the other thing that brings to mind is that we also have to allow them to keep some things that maybe we would view as junk or as, you know, not worthy of being held on to. And I'm completely guilty of trying to get my kids to get rid of things that they actually would like to keep. So when it comes to toys and really any kind of decluttering with kids stuff, just remember to let that change happen because that's how we all grow. And that's just what brings the joy to our lives, right? Is the constant change and evolving of each of us, just respecting each other and what we all have to offer. I guess what I'm really trying to say here is just involve everybody in the process with decluttering toys. Involve your kids from the earliest ages because now that my kids are older, I'm seeing the benefits of that. I'm seeing that they are so capable of deciding what they want to keep in their space and what they want to let go of. And it's different for all three of my kids and it'll be different for all of your kids in that, you know, their personalities are different. Some people are more sentimental than others. All of those things that we experience as adults, kids experience too. But just involving them in the process really teaches them how to figure out what they want in their lives. And that's going to be a different amount for everybody. Um, But respecting that as a parent and just continuing to, you know, show them and help them as they grow. What did you think of my conversation with Jenna? As I said in the episode, and it was kind of silly, but I just really wish that I could just take this episode and gift it to other people, not because of anything that I necessarily did, but just because I thought her wisdom was so beneficial in regards to how we can begin decluttering toys. And just there were several things that I hadn't even thought of prior to her mentioning it. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me was just to include my kiddos in the decluttering process. That's something that I haven't ever really done. I kind of do it secretively and I just thought it would be easier, but I do like the idea of respecting their boundaries and the things that are special to them. So I thought that was great. And then I also love just observing them to see what they're playing with. I think that often we're making these decisions kind of on a whim and then I think that's when emotions escalate, I guess, with our kids. And so I think that if we can observe them and see what it is that they're playing with and kind of get their feedback, then we can make those decisions together, which goes back to giving the kids a little bit more respect in this decluttering process as we're creating foundations of minimalism in our homes. So what did you think? I would love to hear what you have to say about this episode. I invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find the links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.